This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. A dismal defeat to Huddersfield and Chris Wood leaving to Newcastle. It's all doom and gloom for the Clarets. Is there any positives on the horizon? This is the No Name Ever podcast. So hello and welcome to this evening's No Name Ever podcast. I'm hosting tonight uh, because Natalie is uh, occupied with work-related issues. We've got George Poole and Adam Dennett with us tonight. George, how are you, mate? Like a balloon that's just been popped. I'm absolutely like shell-shocked. George is shell-shocked. Adam, how are you, mate? Yeah, pretty much the same. I think pivotal uh, few days ahead. Yeah, of course. So quick. Yeah, definitely. On the so we planned this podcast. I wrote out the script um, yesterday evening with Ollie Adal to say that's kind of been thrown out the window, really. And obviously, you know, we're recording this at seven o'clock on on Tuesday evening. As as of about six thirty, um, we got the news was released uh, that Chris Wood is is in is indeed off to Newcastle. It seemed like the rumours come at the weekend, and then they were squashed by our local journalists and now obviously it's kind of come back in in full force and you know we're you know Adam was a little bit late to the podcast so me and George have been uh you know chewing the fat a little bit off off uh off her and yeah we're you know we're both a little bit shot really um so we're gonna obviously get the thoughts of George and Adam but it seems a really really pivotal moment I'm not gonna go as far as saying a pivotal moment in the history of Burnley Football Club but a really, really huge moment in, in you know, in the recent history anyway. Um, you know, George, I'll come to you first. Just, you've mentioned uh, your shell shot. Just give us a little bit of your initial reaction, obviously, because it's very raw, the news. Well, we, we've just, you just broke it to me about 20 minutes ago, Rich. And I, I, I thought you were joking at first and then it started to seep in. And I just can't believe that, that, the best striker we've ever had in the Premier League, statistically. And also that our only striker, if you don't count Corny as an out-and-out striker, our only striker who actually scores Premier League goals. And we're selling him not only to a relegation rival, but as we're going to go on to discuss, for a fee that is just absolutely unbelievably low and won't offer us any room for manoeuvre in terms of replacing him. And I think we're just seeing the final nail being banged thoroughly into the four corners of our coffin. Uh, yeah, so I don't quite agree with that, George. Um, but I'll I'll i kind of leave that for Charlie. So Adam, just just same question to you. What's your views on it? Then because it's such momentous news. Yeah, I think he's um he's always well he's split opinion on it the last last couple of years because he does have, does have real dips in form and then goes on a glut and gain you a load of points in a month that you're not expecting. Uh, but at the end of the day, a one in three striker in the Premier League is absolutely priceless for a team like Burnley. And even I was thinking we were going to come on here discussing his form and whether, uh, like, what we needed to do to get the best out of him or whether, he, like, what the options were, whether we needed to bring another striker in uh, for competition and, or even um, to to give him a bit of a, um, a kick up the backside. But yeah, this news has really 
um, rocked me. I'm I'm one of his um, big backers. I think you've you've got to have a player like that in your starting lineup, um, even when he's in uh, his poor run of form, because you just don't know when he's going to turn it on. Uh, and it's massive that that we've put ourselves in a position that Newcastle can come and do this to us. Um, and like George says, twenty million, if that is correct, is just not anywhere near enough for. Um, anyway, he's worth way more for um, to Burnley than than that, and we're going to really struggle to replace him in the next couple of weeks. Uh, clubs are going to really have our pants down, knowing that we've just got twenty million. We've got we should have more money to spend, and that we are absolutely desperate. For, um, for a striker and what does it say to other to players who are going to be coming in as well why would why would a player who's at the top end of the championship want to come and risk playing for for us we've looked very poor for a lot of the season anyway we're not creating chances so yeah that's that's my initial thoughts uh, pretty pretty similar to uh, to George bit bit of a shock yeah I can, you know, I can see by your face when you're talking, Adi, you know, talk really well then with a lot of passion. Um, yeah, you're right, Woods polarise a lot of opinion. I'm going to bring some other stats up shortly. Um, you know, we mentioned that we both, we don't know how 100% true it is. Sky have reported that. Sky, I've got fees, you know, it's only, the only report of a fee I've seen is from Sky. You know, I've asked George and Adam to try and keep me up to date, you know, t- tonight because I can't really be looking elsewhere. But, you know, George, 20 million, if that is true. One thing I was saying is, if we sell Wood at, at his age and if we get a good fee around 30 million, I can live with it. But 20 million, it, it's not enough, is it, mate, unfortunately? It's absolutely, <clears throat> excuse me, it's absolutely scandalous. And it's, it's the previous board coming back to bite us in the bum. One last time. Uh, I think Borden tweeted the other day um, when, when it was... Uh, Told never in a million years that happening. Um, he tweeted that this contract was signed in November of 2019, so that's just over two years after we signed him for 15 million. Uh, November 2019, so he'd be what, about 28 then, and he'd scored 28 goals in 53 games uh, for a pretty average side known as Burnley in the Premier League. So that's one in two games practically for Burnley. And we have a release clause that's only five million more than we bought him for. I, I just think that's absolutely balmy. And the worst thing is, as Adam referred to earlier, it's not what I, as Newcastle United, would pay for Chris Wood. It's about what Chris Wood is worth to Burnley. And the fact is that Wood has now, as of this moment, scored 49 goals in 144 games for us. Now, that's with a rubbish season this year thrown in. That's one in three games, you know. So you've got the striker there who's scoring, scoring one in every three games in the Premier League, and has scored ten or more goals every full season he's played for us, including his goals keeping us up last season. On top of that, you've got twenty-seven goals in sixty games for New Zealand, so he's a one in two striker at international level. Then you've got for Leeds United, forty-one goals in eighty-three games, one in two games for Leeds, and we're thinking. Well, we're not thinking about it. We are obviously selling him for 20 million. I think the word around the, the that I'm seeing on Twitter is that Burnley obviously didn't want to sell him. And it's no surprise because other than Wood, the only striker apart from Vidra who scored this season is, apart from Corner, sorry, who scored this season is Vidra. And he scored mm. one goal all season and it's January. So I just think we're not going to be able to replace Wood with a striker who's going to keep us up for 20 million. I, I'm I'm absolutely baffled. I, I, like, like me and Rich, you know, you know full well, Rich. We were talking before we, we recorded here, and we said if, yeah. if it's thirty million, it is what it is. You know, that's, it's a decent enough release clause. Newcastle are clearly willing to pay whatever they want, but twenty, oh, it's it's absolutely criminal. I, I'm absolutely blown away. Yeah, again, really good, George. You know, you've got some. You know, great stats in, you know, in there, obviously. His record for New Zealand, no offence, George, I'm not going to really take much notice of it when he's playing against the Solomon Islands and, and, and stuff like that. But obviously, one in three in the Premier League and, and as how frustrating Wood can be. And, you know, sometimes, he's, you know, he is, it's not easy on the eye. For, 
for a club like us who, you know, notoriously, you know, I can't imagine we hit 40 goals that regularly in the Premier League season. So, you know, to average 10 goals a season, you know, it's, it is a quarter of your goals and it is a, it is a lot to take out. Um, you know, you've mentioned 20 million there. I've seen another report tonight. Yeah. Um, that, that it, that it will go, you know, for that money. Yeah. It's just really difficult. Like, honestly, anybody listening tonight, I, I'm covering for Natalie. I had it all script written. It's going to be dead professional. I've not a clue what to say now almost and <laughs> when I'm doing it. Adam, I'll just come to you again. George mentioned a really good point about it's not... He may go to Newcastle and he might not actually do that well. He might get another three goals in the second half of the season. I think he's missing two or three games when he goes playing for New Zealand too. In my opinion, when Wilson comes back in, probably at the end of the February, he's going to be on the bench. I might be wrong if he's playing well. He might play two up front. Uh, but for me, Wilson is a better striker than Wood. Um, do you think it's more the impact of them, what it, how it actually damages us rather than how it actually benefits Newcastle? Yeah, it seems a no-brainer for them. We can, one of the main relegation rivals and um, and bringing a good good option for when Callum Wilson's out. Uh, it's proven at this level. I think Newcastle will create naturally create more chances than um, than we do, and we um, just got that horrible thing to look forward to a Trippier crossing a ball in and Wood nodding one into to the corner of the net. But like players like Sam Maximan, Almiron, um, and even Joel Linton recently, um, it's quality going forward that we've not got. Um, looking at um, Jamie's um, post on the None Never newsletter before um, and saying that. His shots per game this season are, um, are pretty similar, but the like the xG are a lot less, a lot less um, than than previous seasons. So he's just not getting the quality of chances. If he get if he gets the quality of chances, um, I think you'd want him any any bottom ten side. I can't think of um, another striker probably other than Wilson actually that you'd want on the end of it. So yeah. it won't surprise me if he goes out and gets on one of his runs. So it's yeah, no brainer for them. Hammer blow for us. Just just some stats here. In Premier League games, he started seventeen. He started all seventeen games that we played this season. It's it's averaged eighty one minutes per game. So he's practically played the majority. He's got three goals. He's got a scoring frequency of a goal per four hundred and fifty nine minutes. Not point two goals per game. He's missed six big chances this season. He's he's got zero assists. He's not created a big chance. He's had a um, a passing accuracy of fifty nine percent, fifty four percent in his own half where he's give the ball away, and he's only won fifty percent of duels of headed duels, which is supposed to apparently be you know a strength of his game, even though he's not brilliant. I would say at that. So you're looking at um, yeah, I know George, you're going to say something. Um, I'm just I'm I'm just trying to bring a bit of perspective to say how actually poor he's been this season. And there's no touches on and there's no stats here that's on first touches, but which again is something that's let him down. So you know, go and George. I've read a load of stats out there. Um I presume you're gonna actually lay into my stats. That's courtesy of Sofa Score, by the way. I've not just made them up. Courtesy of the uh, steelstats.com, is it that? No, no, I, yeah, no, I, tr- I, tr- I trust you, Rich. I trust you. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny the stats at all. I'm just gonna say one thing: find me a, a bottom ten striker who scores consistently in the Premier League who hasn't had a bad season in their career, because it happens. You know, strikers have have bad seasons sometimes. But the he was poor. The second he was very poor, probably until the last ten games of last season too, George. In that, fairness. But you've got to okay, take so. him as a whole, and his his goals at the end of last season kept us up. Yeah, of course. And he's the only striker who scored consistently for us in the Premier League since since D- Danny Ings, really. Yeah, since Danny Ings, he's the Barnes had a couple of seasons where he scored over ten goals. So maybe Ashley Barnes deserves a bit more credit there. But at the end of the day, we now we now right at this moment, if Wood goes, we have a squad with. We're not counting corners and out-and-out striker for the time being, just because I think I don't think that's fair because he's a left back turned. We play him wherever he, want, we, he wants because he's that good. Without him, we could play him in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Without corner involved, we now have a squad with no striker that is scoring Premier League goals. 
Now, not only do we need at least one striker, you need a team with one, two or three strikers who are scoring Premier League goals to stay up. And now we've willingly, willingly in that we set a ridiculous release clause a few years ago under Mike Garlick's tenure, we are now willingly giving a 10-plus goal a season striker to a relegation rival whilst we have none. And I think that is just, that, that's all you need to say, whether he's had a bad season or not. That's all for me. That's all that's ringing in my head because I'm just thinking right now, where on earth do we go from here? Where do we go? Yeah, I'm just going to bring some more in. You mentioned about bottom half players. So I'll give you clubs that's on what, what I class a similar, a similar level to us. Um, you've got Emmanuel Dennis. Where's he, where's he gone? Eight goals, five assists. So that's 13 goal com- contributions. Leeds are down there. I know Rafinha's a bit of a different level. He's got nine goals, you, you know, eight goals. Mopey's got seven. Connor Gallagher's even got six. Callum Wilson, six. Edward, five. Josh King, five. Damari Gray, five. Um, you know, Timu Puki, five. Ishmael Asar, five goals. St. Maximin's even got four. So I know I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I'm just, to, you know, to, you said before, George, that there's nobody else in the bottom half. Who, who would do what Wood does. So No, sorry, my I'm, point was find me playing the bottom half who in their career hasn't had a bad season. Okay. Accepting okay. Wood's had a bad season, that's my thing. I am accepting that. But but it's just it's just not the time where we can afford to to let him go. I think that's, I would argue he's been more he's been there's been a little bit longer, you know. I felt he was average for long parts of last season too. Um go on Adam, I know you were bursting to say something as well then. Uh, no, I'm just going to say that those those players you just listed, then um, none of them will have as many Premier League goals over the last four seasons as Wood. Yeah, um, and 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 yeah, you've you've got yeah, form's a big thing, but the whole team's been off it, not not just Wood. Um, so I think yeah, it's a fair point. He's not he's not on form, and I think his stats were pretty similar the first half of last season, like you said, before he um, he went on a run, but. Um, yeah, it's just a really difficult um, situation to take. Yeah. The last one for me on this before we kind of move, well, we move on to another topic. Well, I suppose it is kind of linked to the same topic. We're going to talk about my, I've got a lot of my frustration is for this, for this predicament we're in is, is Mike Garlic um, and, he's, and, he's, and he's struck again. It seems the mag, I, I seen someone claim on Twitter, Mike Garlic should be go down as a Clavitz legend, which I thought was the, I don't agree with that statement. Put I'll put it lightly. Um, again, people can have their own views, and they're in. They're entitled to that. Something that we've been doing recently is we've been signing players for money. Hendrik Brady has gone on a free. We've been losing. Tarkovsky is going to go on a free transfer. We can't, as a business model, and especially under the current regime, we can't keep signing players for big money and letting them go as a free. We've got a thirty-year-old who's. Been out of form, in my opinion, for 18 months now, has, has not been at his best as, as what I've seen before. And it's not as much as I want. Um, but at the same time, where, where do we where, where do we go now in Canada? We, we can't keep letting players go into the 30s and leaving for nothing. So that's another end to the coin, uh, you know, side to it. George has just put on our chat, um, and I'll let you answer it, what does this transfer say to the rest of our squad? They must be crippled. They're being left without life rats. The owner need to make, yeah, of course. All right, George, I'm going to come back to that statement later. Okay, with my with something else I'm going to mention. Okay, so I'm going to come on to Mike Garlick shortly. Incoming transfers. This is something I was going to talk about anyway. Before this podcast, the main, I think every single Burnley fan agreed and knows our mid, our the midfield is the main area. Okay, but we'll stick with Wood for now. So Adam, I'll come to you. Where you know, where do we go now? You know, I know it's going to be difficult, but where do we go now with transfers? I think the obvious target, um, Lyndon Dykes from um, from QPR, just because very similar sort of player, bit maybe slightly more mobile, looks energetic, um, on good form, and uh, obviously not not proven it at Premier League level, so it'd be a risk, but I don't think we're going to be able to get someone with a proven record um, in January. 
especially from any teams around us. Uh, the other way to go is, um, well, looking at, you, you'd want to bring a permanent sign in, but someone like Eddie and Ketia from, from Arsenal, I don't think they'd want to let him go to, to Burnley because of the style and all that. But it's it's really difficult to try and pick out where, where we're going to get it from. But I think it would be Championship or... Um, or high-level Premier League loan of a younger player. So it's and neither of them are ideal. George, your your view? Oh, it's it's so demoralising, isn't it? The fact that we're we're talking about desperate signings like Enketia on loan. You know, a loan signing of a young lad who's never really done anything apart from in cup games. And we're talking about Lyndon Dykes, who's just looking now twenty-six years old. Scored 17 in 53 games for QPR. This so-called you know, purple patch this season, he's only scored six championship goals. And now I'm looking up up the top scorers list in the championship and I'm let's just list the, the top five. Mitrovic, bang average, Prem striker. I don't think he'd turn it round and whether he'd come to us, no idea. Ben, ben, ben Brereton, Diaz, uh, an absolute dream of a signing to Cripple Rovers, but not one that's going to happen in a million years. Dominic Solanke, a failed Premier League striker. Andreas Weiman from Bristol City, uh, just, you know, in his 30s, seeing out his career, same as Lewis Graben. And I'm just, I'm looking around and I'm I'm hopeless. Not, not only did we already need a striker just to, just to take the burden off Wood, and because every striker, arguably, apart from Wood, is past the best. Some may say Wood was past his best, but I'm, I'm saying categorically every other striker is past the best. We already needed to sign someone. And now now we need to fill two strikers with 20 million, apparently. And they need to be the quality to keep us up. And that's not even touching on the midfield. Um, mm. I just think that's my big, big issue is, you know, we got we got too many. Too, we had too many holes in this, in this Titanic before because of the icebergs. And the iceberg is the old administration. And now we've, right. just, we've willingly punctured another one. That, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm visualising right now. For me, I agree with none of them names you've meant. I quite like Enketia, actually. I think he's a good player, but is he is he our type of player? You know, really, I'm not sure. Um, I quite like Tyrese Campbell from Stoke, but he's still a young lad who's kind of been injured for a long time, who, 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 who in my opinion, I think will be a Premier League player, but Again, that would be a gamble. I think we've got to look abroad and, and try and get a signing in a similar mould to Corny. I think that's my only option for it. Maybe we can use the money to maybe get someone like Barkley and who, let's be honest, I know he's had his indiscretions, but he's, he's a top player. And, you know, so it, it, it's this this coming out tonight, obviously, everyone's on here, you know, pretty depressed. It, it's the next. You know, well, we've got what just over two weeks left. Twenty, well, nearly three weeks, twenty days till January the thirty-first, and proof will be in the proof will be in the pudding. Then, um, well, we have to win the next week. Yeah, you know, we've got this is the issue, isn't it? As as well, we've got two massive, massive, massive games coming up, season-defining games. Um, I'll come to you, Adam. I mentioned his name before, Mike Garlic. It kind of he sold the club. He kind of got forgotten about when we stayed up last year. Now we're in this position. I've seen a couple of people, like you know, m- mentioned Alan Pace. I-, I don't know what Alan Pace is meant to do in this situation, and you know, and this isn't defending Alan Pace, by the way. I'm, I'm still, you know, I can't trust somebody who reminds me of Ted Lasso too much, to be honest. If you've watched, if you've watched that, you'll understand what I mean. Um, but it come for me, you know, Mike. He signed that contract 18 months ago with a 20 million release clause. Or whatever it is, around twenty million. To me, that is absolutely criminal. Yeah, it's. Um, I think the um, that summer of twenty twenty when we just brought Dale Stevens in, those were real alarm bells. He's your best like, mate. You said he was. We were trying to pull us out of all these. <laughs> just get daily. Oh, uh, uh, I was clutching at straws last week. Um, <laughs> even worse now. I can't even clutch at that straw. Uh, but yeah, no. that that were real alarm bells then, um, and you knew that. Um, they were they were only going one way in terms of selling the club. But even the transfer, the summer transfer window before, when it were Aaron Lennon, Eric Peters, Phil Bards, well, Phil Barsley, a year before that. But it's we've been signing players that um, haven't been improving the side and aren't going to get any better. 
And like you mentioned, Hendrick and Brady, but they both came in 16, 17 season. And and then with the European season where we actually spent some money, but it were like Vidra, Gibson, Hart, at 40 million of just nothing. Yeah. Um, and apparently so Dyke didn't a, really want Vidra. That's what I've heard as well. No. So right, you've kind of seen that over over the last few years, anyway. You don't seem yeah. to get as much of a run as as other players if they they're not on form. Um, but I'd, it's difficult one with pace because I'd actually rate our summer transfer business as decent. Yeah. Um, bringing in Connor Roberts um, at the time, obviously you can't foresee the injuries that he's had and and the illness that he'd had. Uh, seemed a really good sign on the face and would improve us over the over the next two, three, four years. Corney, obviously, absolute magnificent signing. And and Colin's going to improve us going forward. But it's that last two or three years that um, have, have just killed us. And it's, I think I read read an article earlier, it said Burnley sleepwalking towards relegation. Nice. Um, the things that we were strong at doing a couple of years ago were not anymore. We concede just as many goals from set pieces we score now. We're not outrunning teams. We're not outworking teams. We, we've been worked out in a sense, but we're just paying the price for long-term lack of investment, stand still, go backwards. Yeah, George, your 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 views on the previous administration, obviously you said there it's like a ship that's sinking. Yeah, it's, 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 it's tricky ground, this one, because, I mean, you only have to type in at George Puddle on Twitter and put in the words garlic and there'll be plenty of tweets from me praising him. You know, I think at the, t- at the time he left the club, I was I was firmly thinking, you know, what a good job he's done. I, and I, I do think, you know, he did a good job for a certain period. Like, obviously he settled the ship. I mean, Kilby had already done that, let's be honest. But, but you know, he'd overseen Dice coming in and, you know, we had a, a really good sort of spell. Despite going down, we invested again and we went back up. But it was it's very clear with the power of hindsight admittedly, it's very clear to see in the last two or three years of his administration, we were sleepwalking completely, relying entirely on Daish's really good management work to pull us out of holes. And it, it's just like a neglected club the last three years it's at, at, at the rain. I said this uh, earlier on speaking to somebody at the time that, Garlic handed over the reins to Pace the start of 2021. If you don't count Brownhill because he's not forced his way into the side, the last improvement we made to the, made to the first team was the summer of 2017 when we signed Chris Wood and Charlie Taylor. So between the summer of 2017 and January 2021, we hadn't made an improvement to the first team. And I think in the middle of that, you have the 2018 window in the summer when we just qualified for Europe our best position in 51 years to attract players. And we were limited by the old administration to, to pretty much signing only English talent, English talent from the lower leagues, because they didn't want to, air quotes, waste their money on talent from abroad that might not pay off. Well, yeah. guess what? Ben Gibson didn't pay off and Vidra didn't really pay off. He's a decent squad player, but he, he, he just can't finish he can't, he can't finish his dinner, you know. And so the issue is, as Adam says, we've left this squad to stagnate for years and we've gone from a side that was 10 times the team that West Ham was, were, sorry, in 2018, yeah. when we made them look like right Muppets at the Olympic Stadium and go forward three or four years and the, the, the squads are completely reversed. We've got the same squad, West Ham have kicked on. That's just a perfect example for me in my head to say we've stood still and we've paid the price, and I just, I, I, it's so frustrating. I agree with you there, George. I think, again, I was speaking to a pal of mine, um, and he was saying, like, I think Adam made a great point, and I think we had a good, you know, summer transfer window. I think we signed three players who, I, I think Roberts will be a very good signing for us, obviously, Cornets without saying. Collins, for me, is going to be better than both me and Tarkovsky in the future. I think he's going to be a real top, you know, in my opinion, a top, top Premier League player. Uh, I think he's got everything to his game. If from that kind of Europe season, if we'd done that type of recruitment, getting younger players in who could improve, you know, signing three players at you know a, a summer window, maybe adding one or two in January, I genuinely think we'd be a mid-table club. And, it, and it's sad to see 
how much we've regressed in the last 18 months. Again, as we're doing this podcast more and, you know, somebody's just sent me something from uh, David Anderson, who's a pretty reliable reporter at The Mirror. He initially brought the Ashley Young news just for a little bit of context about him being interested in Burnley and then actually having the U-turn and go to Villa to kind of prove he's, he's not a numpty. He's put, Chris Wood does have an uh, escape clause in his Burnley contract, but, he, but it only applies in the summer. Chairman Alan Pace has sanctioned this deal, which is worth around £20 million. We'll be interesting to see if Sean Dice is given all this cash to spend this month. Adam, I will come to you with that quote because that has actually... George, I'm going to let you have a minute to think about it before you just explode. Your face is going redder and redder and redder as by the second. Uh, so, Adam, I'll come to you first. Well, that's astounding, really. Um, unless they've got something already lined up, which you normally hear mutterings about, if not, you know about it already. Um, like this wood news breaking a few days ago, like you, you do hear murmurings before transfers go through. Then yeah. it just seems like we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, I'm sure we'll hear that, more and more. Like I said it only broke an hour ago and it's changing all the time, isn't it? But that, that yeah. just sounds Yeah, ridiculous. go on. Go on, go on, George. <laughs> you ready? I'm, I'm blown away, Rich. I'm absolutely blown away. I mean, let's it. obviously, let's, <laughs> let, let's add the, the, you know, this might not be true. Fair enough if it's not true. But if that is true, in the world of if, buts and maybes, if your auntie had, had wheels and all that, that would be absolutely criminal from, from Pace. And we've just spent the last 10 minutes talking about garlic in the previous administration. Mm. And I think there's definite criticisms to be had there. But if this is the case, then this is really poor because I think every man and his dog can see Sean Dice likes Chris Wood as a footballer. Sean Dice has played Chris Wood for the last four seasons and Chris Wood has repaid that faith and... Delivered, like we said, um, irrefutably delivered, stats-wise, goals for this team. So I think it's just a mentality thing for me as well. I think the other, the rest of the squad and Ash, looking at this, what are they going to think? They're already in a low place because we're struggling this season. We need everything. We need everyone pointing the right direction. And on the eve of possibly the biggest week of our season where we're playing Leicester and Watford and we pretty much have to get points on the board, before the next round of really tough games coming up. And on the eve of that week, we're selling our best striker, without a doubt, we're selling our best striker to a relegation rival for only five million more than we signed him a few years ago. And since that moment, he's been a 10-plus goal a season striker in the Premier League and we're making five million profit in January. Oh, that's, that's baffling to me. I really hope it's not true that the release clause is only is only in force in the summer, but I'm just really worried about the mentality, you know, the effect this has on the the morale of the squad. Because realistically, they're being left high and dry here unless unless a signing comes in in the next few days on the eve of the two biggest games of the season. They've they've been robbed of one of their teammates and one of the best players. That just seems seems a bit uh, tricky to me. Yeah, it's, one this again. The, the certain journalists you see that you think that's nonsense and you obviously you see you think yeah they're pretty reliable and this David Anderson from again what I've come across does seem reliable Adam I'll come to you for this one this is where there's, there's two signs of it with this what, what's been said about Alan Pace I can't imagine this deal such a big deal being sanctioned without Dice okay in it that's my view on it if Dice hasn't okayed this, then there's absolute murders to pay. If Dice has sanctioned it, that's really interesting because I know recently there has been rumours of Dice and Wood having little fallouts and, and little things going on. He got took off at Wolves and there's a public display of frustration from Wood. And, you know, he's been taken off more and more in games recently. He did it at Leeds where he wasn't happy. So, yeah, he's... He's um he's already been subbed more times this season than he was throughout all the last season. Well, there um, you go. I think that's quite earlier, a bad statistic. Uh, Twelve actually, to eleven. Oh, I see. It Burnley is at this stage when we're not even halfway through. Burnley's tweeted tweeted twenty nine seconds ago. Sorry, Adam, saying enjoyed Westie's winner against the right, Bottas. Great time in that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> From the social media guy. Yeah, God. <laughs> Sorry, you're uh, going to that. Just repeat that. 
And I just um, he's been subbed more times this season already than um, than throughout all last season, um, which says a lot. So yeah, the, there's clearly a bit of tension between um, between him and Daesh. And like you said, I'd I'd be really, I'd, well, I'd be shocked if Daesh didn't have some say. If it's not a release clause, wait to see if the truth does like what truth does come out. But if we've made that decision, he's got to be involved. I don't think he'd have signed his new contract under the proviso of not having the same sort of control as he did previously, um, uh, especially around transfers. Obviously, I know it's been talked about that Pace were the driver behind um, Corner coming in, but um, yeah, shocking if that's if that's the case. Unless go on, he's got a plan. Yeah, go on, George. You said you had a little bit of new info. Yeah, so just finally before we move on to the, really the next the next bit of the podcast, um, just I obviously we're, 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 George, to be honest, with me, <laughs> my head, my old plan's gone. I like we, we, we'll, we'll figure it out, Rich. We'll come pot. back stronger in the second <laughs> half of the season, just like we yeah. will in real life. But just just obviously, listeners, we're 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 really reacting to this as it all breaks live. We've just said maybe there isn't a release clause in January. I'm just getting. Just seen on Twitter now, Craig Hope of the uh, the the Daily Mail. God, I'm really sorry I had to say that name. I'm going to uh, wash my mouth out later. But Craig Hope in the North East <laughs> correspondent, um, he's put two update. I'm told Chris Woods release clause is 25 million, which for me is still you know r- ridiculously too low. Um, but the, the the really interesting bit for me, the the last thing he said is Burnley are furious in losing him to Newcastle, and I think that's just what I was touched on a few minutes ago. They must be. I think the squad and the manager must be absolutely on the on the floor right now. I, I'm really worried about that in this big week for us. So twenty five million. So it's more than twenty. So has he got a release clause now? Has he not got a release clause? It's who knows at the moment. Um, okay. So yeah, really interesting times uh, with the clouds. What I'm going to do next next is because you know I've got Twitter open. Um, I'm not going to see people say people's names because they might not want to be mentioned. But I'm just going to read out some of the reactions because there've been some really good tweets tonight. So as we said, I get some social media reaction. Chris Borden tweeted a few minutes ago. Still nothing from this end, but su- but suggestion from the northeast is of a release clause of twenty to twenty five million. Reports that clause wasn't in play into the summer, but can't see Burnley or Sean Dice deciding to sell for that three to a relegation rival. So I think what people just want from Burnley is a little bit of clarity um, as much as anything for the situation. Like I said, I'm just going to read some tweets out um, just from just from people, like just in general, because I can just go through quite a, quite a few of them. Um, I'm not going to read people's names, just so you just get a little bit of a flavour of kind of, the type of stuff that people are putting. Um, someone's put fancy a kickabout to Peter Crouch, 3 p.m. at Turf Moor. Um, not having that wood has gone for 22 million. We paid 15 million in 2017 and he's had double figures in every PL season. 30 million plus, surely. Um, you can't, you don't pay 50 million for someone and put a 20, 22 million release clause in unless you've already been relegated. So that seems to be some of the common themes. Um, try and go around to find another one. Can't believe people are questioning why Woody's off to Newcastle with the amount of sticky he received from our own fans. I'm sure Carney taking the glory hasn't helped, but Woody's very underestimated, especially with the lack of service. So, yeah, that's another one. You know, possibly Car- I, I don't necessarily agree with Carney taking the glory, but um, yeah, he's, he's probably not been the most loved in his time. I know I've kind of had my frustrations with Wood. Um, Tell you what, tell you what, it's Andy Carroll, an essential loan replacement with a picture of Alan Partridge, which is a one that I quite liked. Um, oh, well, we'll at least get a Huddersfield pub crawl before our away game the next season. But then I put another, but then I seen another one, which was kind of from like a bit of a, a different standpoint of it, really. I find it hard not to resent a player who has moaned his way through the last few months before leaving us for a relegation rival. However, if we can find a suitable hungry replacement ASAP for Wood, I don't think it's the end. When was the last time he played well for us? I think the key is in that second sentence is, however, if you can find a suitable hungry replacement, which won't be easy. He has done a lot of moaning, as we mentioned before, the last few months. And, you know, Adam made a great a great start, better, better than any of my 
confirm stats about how he's been some more this season than he has done in any other season. I thought that was a really good point uh, to make. And then George has just tweeted on the podcast. It's a nice picture of me. Cheers, George. So, well, I'll read out what Tom's put, our resident Tom, the voice of all reason. Um, that's an absolute hammer blow with Ward. be interesting to see how it's happened, but the message it sends to everyone is that we're accepting relegation. So big words for Tom. Um, Robbie Blake's just tweeted, I hear Chris Wood is going to Newcastle. Still time to brush the dust off the old boots if needed at Burnley official. So obviously I'd say 99% of Twitter responses is, is not good. Um, Chris Bourne has just tweeted again, can't imagine the club would willingly sell though when only have Barnes still ahead of the curve, but only a few weeks away. Vidra had COVID last week and has a groin and hernia problem, which requires surgery at some point. And then he's just put and J-Rod and especially Carney's leaving. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of negative reaction. It'd be interesting to see if it does change. Um, what do we think of those views then, George? I'll, I'll come to you. Obviously, does it reflect your thoughts and your feelings on it all? Yeah, I feel like it's one of those nights after uh, Saturday was the same after the loss to Huddersfield, which we very smartly moved quickly on from. It's one of those nights where you try and stay off Twitter because all, because all it's going <laughs> to do is make you feel very sad. And it's actually been good that we've been doing the podcast while this has all been exploding around us. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been really exciting though, hasn't it? It's been quite exciting. I feel like uh, Jim White tonight. We should have had my yellow tie on. It's been exciting though. I wish you could all see the face I just gave to Rich because it wasn't excitement. <laughs> it was, oh, it was absolute, it was sadness. It was misery. Yeah. But no, realistically, I think what you were about to say to me then, Rich, was, you know, does it change, I think, maybe what we do going forward in a transfer window? And we touched on it earlier. Obviously, this next week is massive now because we need to, we, the thing is, it's really tough for us to provide a really well-balanced view tonight on the pod because we don't know what they've got lined up and, what the plans are for this window because I think we can all probably agree here that if the squad stays as is, we've got n- no chance. N- we no were chance. down anyway, wasn't we, George? If Wood stayed or not with the squad, yeah, we, 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 we yeah, exactly as you said to me before. If Wood has stayed or not, we're struggling with the squad we have now. We're really struggling, but it's just another chink in the armor, another thing we really didn't need. And it's been a, it's made for a good podcast, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adam, I've just seen another tweet which I think is pretty good, um, and it's and it's and it's got quite a bit of traction and quite a lot of people commenting on it, saying yeah, fair enough. I tell you what, I I personally think it's the right time to move Wood on twenty twenty. If what's reported at twenty five million, which is the newest report for a thirty year old who's been part of this season, isn't bad business at all. But we should never forget all that Woody's done for us. I don't think you you. You quite echo those comments, but I thought it was a pretty good balanced tweet. Yeah, and in terms of leaving for a relegation right halfway through the season, you've That's got to put yourself in, in his shoes, though. Why, as Chris Wood, he's done everything he can for Burnley. It's not going to get better for him at Burnley. Why would you? There's no way he's ever turned down that move, given the option, with everything that's going on at Newcastle and the money. Um, he's got a better chance of being in the Premier League next season with Newcastle than than with Burnley. Uh, it gets him one last big move, one last big payday. I think we'd all do do the same. But I think I think you've touched on it already, George. I'm just looking this Saturday and then next Tuesday. We're not going to do any business before then, are we? Realistically, or bringing in someone who will make an instant impact. Dyche, it takes two or three weeks to get a player in a team anyway. But after that, Arsenal, United, Liverpool. Brighton away, Palace away, Chelsea at home. It's pretty... We, no matter what happens, whatever the players we've got now, we've got to do something in these two games regardless. And I just don't know if they've got it in them, especially after this hammer blow. So sorry to completely bring it down on it, but do not look good. Is this part of it? I know it's sad to say that we're in a difficult situation anyway. We might have to start planning for the future. We need to lower our average aid of the squad down. This is the thing, isn't it? It, it, it? It's very doom and gloom at the moment. It, January the 31st might look very different. You know, um, you know, someone's just tweeted me back, you know, saying, I'll let you know January 31st, because I asked him what Jamaica, the pacemaker. Um, it's, this, for me, this next te- 20 days will define Alan Pace's reign. We may go down, 
we may go down that, that that's part of football. We would have gone down anyway. If we sign, if we I think we will sign someone, but if we sign average players and we don't have a real good go with it, people won't forgive pace for this. Especially if that about the release clause is true about only letting him go in the summer. But if we now have a good goal, because we didn't have much money to spend, we get a few players in of good quality, it can almost make his reign. I, I really think now, because he, he's had 12 months, he's done some good things. There's a lot of information he said about this leverage buyout and this debt, which, which to me in his replies, he's been very wishy-washy. And he's just said, well, I'm doing it a different way. See what we're doing in five years' time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which worries me that, you know, I can't lie about that. The, if we go down and we have a few seasons in the championship and we don't go back up, that worries me greatly, you know, when when where's this money going to come to pay off this interest and, and the debt? So for me, these next 20 days are absolutely crucial. Um, you know, when we but we've got two massive games coming in. George wrote in our chat just before, oh, it's gone off now, George. He wrote a really good message, but... It was basically along the lines of what are the players going to think now? What are the managers going to think? You know, they're already struggling. They've basically been asked to roll um, roll a raft without without ours or something like that. What what did you put, George? Tell me what you put. I've got the gist of it, hasn't it? I, I, I think it, it was something along the lines of you know we're already the Titanic, but now they've gone and burnt all the life rafts. So we've got no way of getting off this shit. I, I just think the gist, the gist of it... You think we're like we're talking, uh, Leonardo in the Titanic, George? I, I mean, I've, I think I've got I've got, I've got, I've got the looks. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm joking. No, but More I think... Like Kate Winslet. <laughs> hey, Kate, Kate Winslet is bad. I, yeah, I, take I, her. Take I'd take her, her on a date. I would have you naked, though, George. <laughs> I've been asked before. No, no, George. Right. But, but, uh, but I, I'm just going... We've, we've talked earlier about Andre Gray selling him at perfect time. We sold him for 18 million and his career's gone downhill. And the there was issue is with that, wasn't there? What's that, sorry? Jason, there was uproar with that too. There was, yeah, totally the same Jason as Shackle. My issue is we sold Gray for 18 million and in that same summer we bought Wood for 15 million. Now we're in a completely different scenario now in that there's no one in the championship who's worth our salt who'd come to us because Slanky's not going to come. Uh, Bournemouth on the up and Brereton Diaz is obviously not going to be sold to us so my issue is who are we going to sign with this pretty with 20 even if it's 25 million who are we going to sign that's going to replace Wood's normal season goals which is above 10 and also we need more than that and we're also in the same market now as Newcastle in an ideal world we're signing Trippier when he leaves Madrid maybe in a couple of years time admittedly and obviously in an ideal world we're keeping Chris Wood but now we've got Newcastle, who are our rivals, and they're signing these players. They can pay them more. So who are we getting that's going to be good enough that wouldn't be snapped up by another club? Because I suppose that was an I suppose that was an issue anyway pre Wood. It was it? it was, but at least we had a striker who scored more than ten goals. Yeah, in the three seasons. It's heightened it. I think the way Burnley's going to go, I, I don't personally. Again, you might say this is. I'll get your view on this, Adam. Now, I don't think Burnley's going to go like for like for Wood. I think they're going to look at it now and use this money and a bit of extra money they've got anyway, because even before we uh, saw Wood, you know, a few reporters have said, you know, there's not loads, but there is money to spend. We've got loads. I think they're going to look at it holistically and look to strengthen the squad as a whole. Thank you, George. I know I'm quite clever sometimes. They're going to look at strengthening the, the, the team as a whole. So I would just go, man, we'll go 20 million for 20 million in the striker. Right, with that money plus any extra money, can we get a two? Can we get a striker? Can we get two, two or three midfielders? I personally think that's the way they're going to go. Uh, it's the way I'd like them to maybe go. Um, it's probably the perfect time to do it because what we are doing isn't working. But Dice hasn't changed in 10 years of management. I'm just a bit sceptical whether he will do halfway through a season. Now, if we, if we brought in Ross Barkley, another midfielder, and a striker and change the way we play to 3-5-2, 4-5-1 would potentially have a better chance of staying up but I just can't I'm sceptical whether he'll do it I don't don't think he will do it I think we are more likely to go light for light whether that is a bulldozing striker from abroad or Lyndon Dykes who not scored anywhere near as many goals as I thought he'd had I find it really interesting. My my stepbrother, who's a United fan, he does have a season ticket. He goes watching him and he, and he goes week in, week out, to be fair to him. He's not an armchair fan. Um, 
He's put 20-odd million, 20 million plus for 30-year-old Chris Wood. Burnley playing the blinder here. I find it really interesting because, obviously, me being from Wigan, I follow not just a lot of Burnley fans, I have fans from a lot of different teams. And obviously, we know our club more than outsiders know our club. The perception I've read from the outside is that Burnley's playing the blinder from this deal. But every but fans seem to really disagree. I know Adam, I just find that the perception really interesting on that. So like I said, my mates who have season tickets, you know, at Wigan, good football people, they they're just like, that's an absolute deal for Burnley. He's a donkey every time I watch him. That's short sighted thinking though. That uh, I know it is just... because just it, I feel like that's on the face of it, you're watching Chris Wood and you're seeing him not do well this season. But the issue is the it's the knock on effects was in it. That that's the real issue. We've got no yeah. one ready to to step in, and we've got a really big week coming up. So someone's put it. This is like winning the lottery for Burnley because Newcastle's bought a static caravan. <laughs> it's funny that though, isn't it? Yeah, but you got to laugh. You got to laugh, John. Go on, Adam. What's your view to that? To these, you know, that's a, a you know a Liverpool fan who I know. You know these out outside perceptions. Yeah, I've I've had a couple of people messaging me the same. Um, yeah, just saying, yeah, the hell, twenty million for for Woods, really like ridiculous money. And on on the face of it, yeah, but I think we go back to the point of what he's worth to us, and what we've got to step in is just not not that level. So, oh, we've got um, we've got a guess. Really, has he had his head turned? Oh, this is a really interesting thing. Has he had his head turned? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna come on to into that. Natalie, are you here? Can you hear me? I certainly can. Hello, Natalie gentlemen. Natalie comes on at the end and steals all our glory. <laughs> Natalie's gonna come on, say some really interesting, clever <laughs> monologues where me, George, and Adam have made an absolute hash of this podcast. We've not known where to turn. I've been old for my blind man, and Natalie's gonna come on and come on with a real Articulate, <laughs> or are we going to have a Bromley bombshell and have a bit of a rant here? Go on, Natalie. Send I don't know. Well, this this is the problem. I, I leave you guys alone. I take a week off and hand the podcast over to you guys, and we sell our only decent striker at the club. Um, no, I think it, it's really difficult actually at the moment to articulate an immediate reaction because I think all of us are just processing this in our heads at the moment. Um, so I think I probably just feel like a brain dump's probably what I'm going to do. And I think where I've got to in the very short time that I've had to process this since the news broke is, okay, does selling your best striker at the club um, to a direct relegation rival in the middle of a relegation battle feel like a sensible thing to do. No, it, it definitely doesn't. Um, would we have stayed up without selling Chris Wood? Probably not. It does feel a little bit like the writers on the wall already this season. And as a team, we aren't creating enough opportunities for him to score the goals that we need to score for him to survive. So then you look at that and you think, okay, then you have to kind of process the practicalities and the financial implications of him going. And on paper, taking your heart out of this, you've got to look at it and say, well, 20, 25 million, depending on what reports you're reading, for a 30-year-old striker who's scored three goals this season so far is a pretty damn good bit of business. Um, I think... I think there's pros and cons to this whole scenario. Um, and quite frankly, we won't really be able to assess how this feels until the January transfer window is closed. But I think my biggest concern with this is this just is adding to a general feeling of doom and gloom around the club and that we're on a free fall down to the championship and we can't do anything to stop it. I think that's what I'm more concerned about. It's the players aren't performing it's the results aren't happening it's the manager not inspiring us at the moment it's um you know the transfer market being against us and now selling the only person who's probably going to score his goals to a direct relegation rival so um I, I think that's where I am Rich to be honest it's really difficult to come out with something particularly 
articulate and clever and we've literally only had this and reasonable actually when we've only had this news for what an hour i think we're always going to be a bit emotional aren't we yeah exactly and also also on that natalie what what, what we were saying before you came on it, what what my real worry is here is that in the next week we've got probably the biggest week of the season i know we said that before but the more yeah. times we don't win a game we've got the biggest week coming up now we've got Leicester and Watford and they are two must-win games because after that yeah. really difficult uh, run of games and we need to get points on the board what does the, what message does this send to our squad yes, which are already, exactly. already low on confidence and we've now we've got the Titanic already it's already sinking and we've just chucked all our life rafts off by by selling our best well you know about to sell our best striker on the eve of that that big week they, they must feel crippled both the manager, the coaching staff, you know, and what I would say on this, what I would say on this, George, is I disagree with that. I, I can't, you know, this team's got a lot of character. Chris, you know, yeah, Chris it does. Done well, you know, one one player doesn't make it. We, I'm going to finish on a bit of a monologue, which I've actually planned before. Oh. My my opinion on this is, I'll be absolutely astounded if Dice hasn't sanctioned this deal. I'd be astounded. And if he's mm. not, he'd be gone by the end of this week. I don't. I think he's got that many morals. There's been a lot of rumours, and again, the rumours about Dice falling out with Wood, or 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 murmurs of Wood being happy and different things like this. In my, this is where I, I'm really torn, being a Burnley fan and having my head and my heart. Chris Wood's going to get a brilliant contract at Newcastle, obviously. But he's still one of the highest earners at Burnley. Burnley gave him his chance in the Premier League when no one else wanted him. Daesh and the club have stuck loyal to him when he's had times out of form. And the fans, I'm not buying the fans of him. Burnley have the best fans in the Premier League in terms of sticking with a club and sticking with the players. I may mourn a bit on social media, but when it comes to the game, we get behind our lads and nobody can tell me otherwise. But then Chris Wood, see, when, we're, when we're in the... I nearly swore, When we're in the mire... He still jumps shit. Never forget that. Never forget. I know it's a lot of money and people will disagree with me. And I understand that. It's a lot of money and he's still a human being and football's a job. But Burnley's done a lot. Our club's done a lot for Chris Wood and he's left at the most important, the most difficult stage in Burnley's recent history in the last five years. But also he's leaving Rich at the time when he's 30 years of age and exactly. got the last opportunity to make some money for himself and his family this before he leaves. Of course, this is, this is the point, isn't it? But he's on, you know, how much, you know, he's, he's on around 50 odd grand a week. Yeah, we don't, we don't get that because we don't earn he's that not, money. He's not, you know, I, I don't know how much, if he's double, this, this is where it's really difficult, but where's a bit of loyalty to say, you know what? I'll go to Newcastle in the summer where they offer this money. I want to help you lads out. This is what you've done for me. You know, people may criticise Tarky, but Tarky stayed, hasn't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? Tarky stayed. He, he could have took through his toys out of the pram and just not played. So I think you've got to bear in mind as well, though, that um, this, th there's no way on God's... Me at all, but... Well, there's, there's no way that this offer is on the table in the summer, though. You've, there's a and this isn't this is we talked about this in our group this week. The main I don't think Newcastle have signed Chris Wood with any intention of playing Chris Wood in the long term. I don't think they've done anything other than directly weaken a relegation yeah. rival. All he they need to do is get to seven. He won't. He won't play a lot of games. But it cripples us. Twenty million to Newcastle now is absolutely nothing. They have yeah. completely utterly weakened us. Yeah, yeah, so is, there's no point Chris would wait into the summer because in the summer they're either in the Fair championship enough. and don't need him or they've got 17th, just done what they needed to do this season and then can start spending the money on the players that they've got the intention of bringing in from once the Saudis took over. Yeah, It was now or nothing for Chris Wood and his family. This was, this was now or never. And, you know, we all go to work to make money. Now, footballers are very, very lucky in that they happen to do a job that they love. The rest of us in the real world, world would rather not work for a living, thanks. We might enjoy our jobs, but generally speaking, it's just a job. Uh, so at the end of the day, we all go to, money, we all go to work to make money. And I, I'm going to really struggle to begrudge Chris Wood taking this opportunity at 30 years of age to get a three-year deal probably from Newcastle and the money they're offering. Yeah. 
you know, and, and, in my point of view as as well, you know, but we but let's not cry about it. It happens in football. You know, George, you was going to say something, and I think to Natalie. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I, I, I did just want to say, you know, obviously a lot of this podcast were sort of banging on Chris in Chris on Chris Wood and stuff. And to be honest, I do begrudge him here because this is scandalous. I just don't know how he's going to turn around to the other teammates and justify this. You know, he really is leaving us yeah, in the fire. His mates. And yeah. he, exactly, his mates. And the thing is, we've been talking about money. So in a year for Burnley on 50 grand a week, he makes two and a half million. I'm, I'm not having this, that. You know, he really needs to move for money. And I get that it's last big contract, but it's not really what I wanted to say. I just wanted to put that out there that I'm not happy with Wood. But what I will say is if he does go this week, and uh, obviously like we might talk about it on the podcast next week, but, you know, if I'm not on or whatever, I want to say like before he does obviously go, Chris Wood will always have a special place in my heart because what will all the team that got into Europe will do. And especially Wood, just because obviously we went to Aberdeen in, in the summer, the first round, but it wasn't a proper European game. It was brilliant and all, but, you know, we wanted to go on to the continent. Our first goal on the continent since, since in, in 51 years was scored by Wood, you know, at Olympiacos when he, he, he netted that penalty. I've never celebrated a goal as much as that penalty to score, to score away at Olympiacos, a massive bastion of European football such as them. And, you know, and at the time it levelled us to one all. It was just such, such a special moment uh, for the club. And, you know, all the chants started after that. Burnley are back, Burnley are back, hello. You know, and it, it was just brilliant. And it was such a special time. And he was the striker who not only pushed us into that into Europe through that season, but netted that goal away at Olympiacos. So if he does go, I really do begrudge him, but he'll always, you know, hold a special place for that. So I think it's worth saying that before. You know, because obviously we've buried all in the bit today. No, well said, George. Well said. Um, Adam, do you want to have any kind of final views? You look. I, I don't think I can beat anything that uh, you guys have just said there. So it's a good place to finish. I think that from George. Cheers, George. Um, I'm just going to finish it on. Listen, it's not been a good evening. We've lost a player who's, yeah, he's faded a little, but George said it brilliantly then. He's given us some fantastic memories. That Every single player in that squad and that team who got us to Europe and played in Europe will will forever be recognising Burnley folklore for years to come. You know, I'm 28 now. Will I get to see Burnley in Europe again? There's a good chance I won't, but I can always say that I have done. And, you know, and Chris will played a huge part in that. You know, we were talking off Ermi and George about his performance away at West Ham when he was fantastic. But what, what I will say, Burnley fans, is this isn't the end. We've sold, we've we've always sold players and we've come back. Going from my time of watching Burnley, we sold Robbie Blake. I was heartbroken. We sold Kyle Lafferty. It seemed to be the end of the world, and we got promoted that season. We sold Dan. We sold Charlie Austin on the eve of the season, and people thought we was going to get relegated. We got promoted. We sold Danny Ings, and people were thinking, where are we going to go here? We signed Andre Gray, and we got back promoted. We, saw, we got relegated. We sold Jason Shackle to our, one of our promotion rivals, but we signed Michael Keane and we was fine. We sold Michael Keane that first season we stayed up and James Tarkovsky's come in and we was fine. We sold Andre Gray to 18 million for Watford and all of a sudden we're going down. We've only got Sam Volks up front. We come in Europe. Burnley are, that, are at the best when we were a wounded animal. We've been stale. We've been sloppy. We've been sleepwalking for 18 months now. Maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the the thing that's going to get Burnley back on track, back being the determined selves of winning every ball. It could be a disaster, but we've got to keep getting behind the lads. We've got two massive games at home to Turf Moor. I'm going to be there. I know, every, you know, the known in ever podcast will be there. We'll be cheering on the lads. And, you know, we've, it's been tough this season. It's been difficult, but this is a time where we need to get behind the team, get behind the manager and get behind those players who's given a lot for Burnley. I want to say what an interesting podcast it's been. It's been challenging at times, but ultimately, I want to say thank you to the listeners. Hope you know who's who's listened into it. We wasn't going to do a podcast this week, um, but yeah, I think we got some interesting content out. Um, you know, and listen, let's hope for some positive news in the next few days, and you know, a couple, you know, and fingers crossed, a couple of wins. Uh, so I just want to say thanks to Adam George and thanks for Natalie for coming on at the end and being the voice of reason. 
Um, I've been Richard Steele and this has been your No Name Ever podcast. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.